Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to From the Peak to the Pit. I'm Allie Peak alongside TJ Pittinger. This is our third episode of this podcast, and we are right in the heart of the college football season. TJ, we actually spent a lot of time together this weekend watching football, so this feels like we're just rehashing some stuff we already got to watch live together. How was your Sunday, though? It was pretty good. It feels like you can't get away from me, so maybe that's... Uh... <laughs> Um, but no, it was good. I know you, I watched football a lot today. Um, hung out with the baby, hung out with Kara. What did, what did you guys do today? I know you guys had a fun Sunday. We did some shopping for the new babies on the way. And then we had trunk or treat at preschool. I would like to say my car won first place. It is a competition. So (laughs) everything is a competition with you. Well, that's true, but this was an actual competition as well. Uh, what did you? What did your car dress up as? Candyland. Okay. Do we have pictures? Did these get posted anywhere? Um, I do have pictures. I'm not sure if they're posted or not. I think my sister might have posted some, but I'll have to look. But it was very good. I'm pretty proud of us. We did a good job. We did win. Um, so now I have to figure out how to top it for next year. But... You can't enter and not win. That's we're far too competitive for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of entering and not winning, um, or actually, they did win this weekend. <laughs> Let me back up. Uh, we watched this a little bit together this weekend. Florida State with a with a big win against the mighty Syracuse Orange. We watched this a little bit together. Um, what were your thoughts around that? I've, I've got some too, but I always like to kind of hear what you have to say on, on this Florida State well, debacle. First of all, I would like to know if is winning winning in your book? Because <laughs> winning is buying Willie Taggart more time. So is that actually winning? I don't know. I You know, we'll get into that. I mean, it is. Like, you've got to win. You know, at the end of the day, like in the middle of the game, you know, like I'm cheering for Florida State to win. win. 
Yeah, like everything we'll get into kind of like him as a coach and everything and like kind of what I think the outlook looks like because of the win or if anything's changed. But at the end of the day, they played a really bad Syracuse team and they just dominated them, right? Like Florida State's played poorly this year, sitting at 500, lost a couple of games they should have won, got blown out by Clemson, who no doubt is, is way better. But, um, Played a really, really bad team and and did what you're supposed to do to bad teams. I mean, just absolutely dominated them. I mean, when you are in a rebuilding year or rebuilding, you know, phase, we'll call it, because it's not ever just one season generally, um, you you have got to be okay losing the games that you're supposed to lose, but you also have to win the games you have that you're supposed to win. And this is one of those games that FSU was supposed to win, but they've had several this year that they haven't won that they were supposed to win. So it's good to see them kind of get back on that path. They did dominate Syracuse. They were supposed to dominate Syracuse, but it is, I mean, a step in the right direction, right? You know, I think so. I think that a, not to be just the most negative or, the most down on the situation that I can be. But I think a loss would have been a lot worse than a win is good, right? Like, right. you know, the win is not that impressive. The, I mean, to win any time by, you know, covering the spread and looking really good is, is obviously what you want. But losing would have been way, way worse than, you know, blowing Syracuse out is good. So, I mean, yeah, Cam Akers looked great. You know, he could be the – I mean, let me think before I say it. He could could be the best player in the – he could be the best single player in the state. You know, he could be top two or three in the conference behind, like, Lawrence and other people. I mean, he is really all that Florida State has. Um, It's going to stink when he goes in the NFL draft next year. He's not here. But uh, yeah, I mean, he put the team on his back and and carried them to a, a blowout victory. He nearly carried them to a victory the week before against Wake. Um, he's the only reason they beat ULM. He uh, he's really just been impressive this year. So, um, I mean, I don't know that I'm ready to anoint him the best player in the state or the conference or whatever. But I do think that he's the, he was the best player on the field on Saturday. I knew you wouldn't let that go. Well, because that's a a pretty lofty statement, Um, but he is the best player on Florida State's team, for sure. He was the best player on the field last Saturday. I would think he will be the best player on the field this upcoming Saturday. That doesn't mean that he's the best player on the field every Saturday, but I mean, he's, he's, he's what Florida State has right now, and it's who they should ride if they want to have any sort of success, truly. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he's been the best player on the field every game outside of the Clemson game this right. year. Um, right. And and if he was at Clemson, he would get all the burn there too, right? Like I, I don't, you know, I don't know their roster. I mean, I know Lawrence is really, really good, but you know, he would play at Clemson. You know, right. and I'm not saying right. he'd start over ETN, but like they'd both get that yeah, um, he would same play kind of burn. Sure. He's that kind right. of that kind when of talent. You think about- the talent that Florida state has on their roster in general, not just Cam Akers, 
they have talent that would play at most programs anywhere in the country, which is part of what FSU fans, I mean, like yourself, that's where part of the gripe comes from is it's not a bare cupboard situation as much as Florida State fans maybe want to make it out to be that. It, it's not. There is talent there. There's talent that would be playing anywhere else. So if you have t- with pretty much anybody, why are you not competing with any with with pretty much everybody? And then at that point, it comes down to coaching. Yeah, I think that's a hundred percent what it is. Um, you know, the ro- we've talked about this. The roster is really, really talented. I think it really, really lacks in some very significant, important areas. Um, sure. You know, the offensive line and quarterback being two of those. Um, our quarterbacks Listen, are very. Gator fans know what you're talking about. <laughs> You've when you been say there. That. We know what that is like. We've been there. So you know you can have all the skill players in the world, but if you can't block for the quarterback and the quarterback, I, I think both QBs are are just average. Um, and then the development's not there either. Like I don't, th- I don't even think, you know, coming out of school, you know, Trask was no more talented than Blackman is or was. Um, but he's got a great developer, right? And and Mullen's kind right. of a QB whisperer, and you know. I don't think that Taggart is that. I don't think Bryles necessarily is that. And so, you know, I I don't think that... But to be fair in that statement, I think Dan Mullen does it better than 99% of the country in terms of uh, being a quarterback whisperer. So it doesn't mean you can't be successful if you don't have a coach like Dan Mullen to groom your quarterback. Yeah, no, that's absolutely the truth. But I think if we did have kind of that QB, that Jimbo or you know, Mullen or just any of those QB coaches, uh, we'd be in a lot better spot. But because we just have an average QB and we have an offensive line that is really, really, really below average, right? the rest of the team doesn't, you know, the rest of the offense, sorry, it it makes it really tough to do stuff. Now, the defense is just kind of a whole other issue, but – Anyway, anyway, to, to I remember when six points felt insurmountable. If you go into halftime down six points, you know, five years ago for Florida, it was like, well, shoot, this game's probably over unless the defense scores. So, I mean, I, I definitely understand what that mindset feels like. Um, interesting that your offensive line has has I don't know, kind of suffered the way that it has because is that just a position position that Jimbo just didn't recruit? Or just didn't recruit well. It it wasn't recruited well, and or wasn't recruited. There's also been a ton of attrition there. Okay. Um, injuries. You know, Landon Dickerson's playing at at Bama right now, but he could never stay healthy when he was here. Again, you know, is that an issue with the strength and conditioning? You know, but his stuff was kind of like freak injuries. Like you're not strength and conditioning away from like an ACL or stuff. Like right. so. You know, a ton of attrition at the offensive line. We had guys transfer out, guys just not really pan out, end up being really, really bad. And then the well, injuries have just been terrible there. I will say from somebody that used to work on the recruiting side of this a bajillion years ago, offensive line is the hardest position on the field to recruit because at 90% of high schools, all you're doing is putting the biggest, baddest, guys you can find on the line most high schools aren't equipped to actually teach any t- 
technique mm -hmm. of, of any sort. And so it's a crapshoot when you, when you are recruiting these guys, you're basically saying like, I'm going to take this pile of clay and I think it has what it takes for me to mold them into somebody that can play offensive line at a high collegiate level. And you're wrong more often than you're right, just because it, it is such a hard thing to predict. And so I almost think you have to oversign at offensive line more so than at any other position on the field, because you're probably going to fail more than you succeed. So that's a great point. And I think right now I'll look it up real quick. Um, FSU 2019 recruiting class. Uh, I want to say we have four three stars committed. Um, so the off at the offensive line. So I'm sorry, 2020. Um, and so I don't think that's getting any better, you know, First yeah, of all, offensive linemen don't necessarily play right away. Um, so it takes time there anyway. And we haven't we haven't recruited that position well. And then it's like we're we're not landing the blue chip guys there anyway, or the guys that have offers from other big time programs. Um and so I, I don't know the offensive line gets much better soon. Well, I will say, I don't know that having three stars is necessarily a death sentence just because of how hard it is to evaluate talent at that position. However, you definitely don't want freshmen playing because there's such a hard and high learning curve with moving from uh, offensive line in high school then to college. Because literally, like I said, it's just, hey, you're big, stand here. 90% of the high schools, uh, you definitely don't want that guy starting for you the following year. You want time for... Uh, some technique to be taught and him to develop, but I wouldn't worry as much about the three star, but I mean, yeah, that's a, if it's a position of need already, the fact that you don't have a lot committed to you, regardless of what their star rating is, is concerning. Yeah. So that, I mean, before, so this was going to be kind of my, I think you asked this and, and we kind of talked about the game, but then to answer the question, I mean, does it, does it help Willie Taggart's case, right? Like to stay around for another year or, you know, whatever, like, does it help his outlook? I mean, it does, right? Just, just because of the simple fact, I think if they lose yesterday, like it's over, like Syracuse right. is besides Alabama state, the second worst team will play um, right. to finish out the year. Like well, it, it, it was just kind of an inexcusable loss and probably meant that we would lose this week coming up to Miami and on the road at BC. Like it, it was just kind of like what the snowball would be. Yeah. Um, but getting into kind of that recruiting, kind of where we're at, I don't think the outlook is much better. You know, I think that he may, we may, you know, it came out today. We start out, we opened up as a six and a half point favorite against Miami. Um, you know, that's gotten bet down to like five and a half now. But you know, they may w very well win the next three games. They may beat Miami. Right. They may go on the road to beat Boston College. They'll they'll definitely beat Alabama State. And then I think they lose to Florida pretty handily, right? Like I think that's a a fourteen ish point spread when it opens up, maybe more. Um, we'll see how Florida looks against Georgia, and and then you know kind of what both teams' records are going into it. But we're not replacing the talent that we're losing this year, right. um, and so it's going to be Black Minute QB because Horny Brooks a grad senior. Um, it's going or Jeff Sims, who's a true freshman. Um, Acres will be gone. Terry will be gone. Wilson will be gone. So with those guys not there, 
the schedule's pretty similar um, other than getting Florida and Clemson at home. Uh, not that I think that changes too much, but the schedule's similar, but the talent's a lot less. Right. And so if Florida State just goes 6-6 six and six again next year or 7-5, and five, I, I think that's kind of where it's the end of it, right? Like I think – so he may buy himself another year, but he, I don't think he's doing anything – he needs to close really, really well in recruiting with a seven and five record to. Well, and there's a, there is a line of thinking that if, at least if you're bowl eligible, let's say you go seven and five and recruits can see an immediate area where they can come in and contribute as opposed to riding the bench for two years at a Clemson or at a Georgia or Alabama or even a Florida or whatever. I can see where if you're a good recruiter, that is something that you can sell because you can sell immediate playing time. You can sell, look, we improved from last year to this year. We are on the uptick. We're bowl eligible. You're going to get to go, you know, to some of the best stadiums in the country and you can contribute immediately. It does obviously take some salesmaning, but that's what these coaches are supposed to be doing. If you're not eligible, that makes that a lot harder. And then at that point, it's what must be done eventually should probably be done now. Yeah. And, and I do think, you know, for as much as I've bashed Taggart and don't really like where the program is with him. I mean, he is a good salesman, right? Like I, I listened to Chris Landry's podcast and Taggart does a great job selling the dream. He doesn't do a fantastic job putting it all together on Saturdays, but right. he does a great job selling it. And so I, you know, it'll be interesting right now. Florida State um, isn't recruiting at the level they need to as a perennial power. I mean, right now, Florida State has the 13th ranked class. Um, Which honestly, though, for as terrible as they've been this season, it isn't bad. Isn't bad, but it's it's not I mean, good it's enough. Not good enough to, know, to win it's, next year, right? So, where do they finish? I mean, I think that anywhere inside the top ten would be huge. But right. if you look at the teams that are ahead of them, Michigan, Penn State, Auburn, Notre Dame, Texas A and M, Georgia, Texas. I mean, they're not jumping any of those teams. And I think Florida, who is currently behind them. Jumps them as well. I think right. Oregon could make some noise. Um, so I think Florida State's probably looking at like 15-ish, which just isn't good enough. You know, and that's if they – that's if everything kind of breaks right. Like they win the next three games. They look somewhat respectable against Florida. Right. You know, they. I don't think the bowl win or loss really matters at all. But, you know, if everything breaks right and we can get a – you know, not that we're chasing a, a top-ranked class or anything like that, but I mean – you got to have something, you know, to, yeah. to kind of sell. And so, anyway, all that to say, I think he puts himself in a better spot for this season, probably next season as well. But I mean, I don't. I, the The trajectory of the program hasn't changed. I mean, they just beat a really, really bad Syracuse team, right? Right. Um. So you know, this weekend you got it's Florida State Miami, which. I mean, I, I don't know if you grew up a college football fan, but I grew up a college football fan in Tampa, and. I kind of feel like Florida State Miami is one of the best rivalries in college football. It's weird though, the energy this week already feels different. It doesn't feel like people really care nearly as much. It's not as fiery and not just people. I'm not talking about college football fans in general. I'm talking about Florida State Miami fans. It doesn't feel as heated as in years past. Do you feel like that as well? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some truth to that. I mean, both teams are are terrible. Um, both fan bases are absolutely just as frustrated as can be. Um, I'll answer. I'll finish answering that. Do you think the game will be a sellout? Do you think it'll sell out? I mean, I would hope so. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't want to live in a world where Florida State Miami doesn't sell out. Honestly, I don't. I I can't imagine that game not selling out. I, I mean, if I if if I were in the city was being held in with my kids, I'd take them even though I'm not a fan of either team because I feel like there's so much history there. So it would it pains me to think that there might be seats that are empty. So I'm going to go with no, it's going to be a sellout because it's going to hurt my heart if it's not. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I mean, it does feel like that's down a little bit. I mean, I do think that'll get cranked up. So we're recording this on Sunday night. It is NFL Sunday. Um, you know, I think Florida State fans are frustrated with just kind of everything in general. Miami fans are as well, and they are some of the most non-supportive fans when a game is going the wrong way, you know, kind of that anybody is. So, uh, or fair weather. I don't know why that was so hard to think of that word. But, um, you know, I think it'll get cranked up as the week gets going. If, you know, but it kind of reminds me of, you know, Remember Florida, Florida State in what twenty seventeen? Were you guys four and six going into that one, and we were five and six? And <laughs> you guys needed a win to be bowl eligible. Yeah, and we, the, we weren't going to be bowl eligible either way. The game was at noon. I remember tailgating for like thirty minutes before that one. <laughs> so. Right. Kind of a, a the same feel, like it was just like well, just get out of this season. That's at least respectable, right? What is that? A three thirty kick. Yeah. I, okay, so I, I didn't understand this. It. Yeah. Well, what was weird was they six day optioned it, um, you know, to see how both teams performed, and it was either going to be a three thirty or a seven, right? right. And both teams won and they made it a three thirty. Like if that was the case, why did you need the six yeah, day but, option? Like yeah, what it, in it, what scenario would they have made it a late game? <laughs> you know? Because the three thirty game is ABC and that gets first pick. So the seven o'clock game is actually the second pick on ESPN. Oh. So if you both lost, you would have been the night game. So losing that game would have had great benefits in several areas. Well, you know, I guess it depends. Most most teams would love being three thirty on a on ABC because you've got a lot of national spotlight, as opposed to the seven o'clock kick on ESPN, where there's six other games on ESPN two, SEC Network. They, you know, there's usually an ABC night game. There's potentially a CBS night game. You know, whatever. So, truly, ABC three thirty is a coveted spot. Um, same concept with the SEC. CBS always gets the first sh shot, and they have the 3.30 time slot. They can do 8 o'clock two times during the year, which they'll choose to do for Bama LSU, and then we'll see you know, what they pick for, for the second. But it's actually a nod to Miami and Florida State that they are at 3.30. Yeah, well, I'll take it. I mean, I would have preferred the late one. I don't care if it's good or bad or more prestigious or not. I'm going to watch to, when yeah. sleep, right? I just want to be able to watch it. So I'm going to be in Jacksonville at the cocktail party 
And uh, I don't, you know, there's going to be really no way to watch it unless I just don't go in and kind of watch both well, yeah, at the same time. But, well, I guess I, if you go into the game, you won't be able to watch it. But they do do a really good job with their Jumbotrons and uh, and keeping everybody updated from the scores. And then there'll be big screens in parking lots. So, I mean, you won't be able to watch since you're at the identical time. But you'll be able to see other games. Yeah, I thought about um, taking my... I bought like a tailgater satellite for the uh, mm-hmm. UFUM game in Orlando. And I thought yeah. about taking that just to watch it, just to watch my yeah. own game out in the right. parking lot. But I don't, I don't know if I'm going in or not. I don't have a ticket yet. So if you're listening to this and you want to give me a ticket, like that'd be great. But um, I probably won't spend a ton of money for, to watch two teams that aren't mine. Kind of just You'll be able to buy one for a decent price outside. They're, they're for sale everywhere. Or if somebody's walking by and wants to wants to hand me one too, that that works as well. So um, there you go, trade them for some alcohol at the tailgate. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I unfortunately will not be making it to the world's largest outdoor cocktail party because I will be 34 weeks pregnant and not allowed to travel three hours away, which it makes me really sad. I it's the first game I've missed since my kids were born five years ago. Could- so. Could you break there, up the, you could break up the travel though, right? Like do an hour on, is it sitting I mean, in a car for three hours? I don't know all the science here. I, I, I don't really know. I know they're just afraid if you go into labor three hours from your hospital, that's not good. And it's really not good when it's twins. So mm. we're going to follow the doctor's orders and stick here. <laughs> um, but thanks for trying to encourage me to do, that <laughs> to do something there. terrible. You're out of consideration as Godfather. (laughs) (laughs) That was a short-lived run that we had right there. (laughs) Um, Uh, But I'm excited for this game. And do you know this is the first time in the history of Florida and Georgia that they were separated by a single spot on any poll? Which is interesting to me because I feel like the game always is two teams that are pretty darn close. At least in my life. Yeah, so it feels like... And the other thing that's weird about it, so Florida's an underdog but ranked higher. What are your right. thoughts there? Um, I mean, I think that – I think Georgia has more talent than Florida does. So if you're looking at sheer talent, Georgia should win that game. I also think there's some you know, emotional factor in there. The Overtime loss to South Carolina. Georgia's going to be looking for some sort of revenge. I think that they're uh, all of a sudden everybody likes Florida as of last week, which really makes me incredibly nervous. I would really everybody just say that Florida is garbage and that they've backed into the spot that they're in and they're not as talented as their ranking results, as opposed to saying like, oh yeah, their only loss is to the number one team in the country and they're actually really good. Like that just really, I it's not a position I prefer to be in. Um, but I think that it's based basically on talent. Um, for me personally, if you're going to give a coach two weeks to prepare, I take Dan Mullen over Kirby Smart. All other things cons- uh, you know, equal, but they're not equal yet because of the talent gap. So I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be interesting. And neither team is infallible. They've shown that the last few weeks. I think Georgia definitely showed some, uh, some vulnerability in that South Carolina game, but also the week before as well. And so I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. What's been interesting is, I mean, like you just said, neither team has, has been absolutely perfect, right? Like, but 
you know, Florida against Auburn, what, what did you guys have? Four turnovers plus the, the, the turnover on downs from the fake punt. Um, and then you come out against LSU and played much, much cleaner, right? Like there was the right. pick in the end zone at the kind of right. the end of the game. But, you know, obviously kind of goes without staying, saying if Florida plays closer to how they did against LSU, they probably win. If they play like they did against Auburn and gives Georgia short fields, they probably lose. Kind of I the mean, same I- thing for Georgia, right? Like if they play like they did against South Carolina or Kentucky in the first half – they're probably not going to win, you know, but I think both teams, I don't know. I just feel like any time in a rivalry game, I mean, there is nothing to statistically back this up. I either think that both teams will play really, really well, or both teams will play poorly and there will be turnovers on both sides, but right. either way, it's going to be close. Like, right. Like Florida's not, I, I just don't see Florida going out and playing their best, best game of the season and Georgia just playing like South Carolina again, or vice versa, right? Like, I don't see their team going away with this one. You know, I think if you look at the trajectory of both teams, I think that Florida is on an upward path. I think that they have improved every week. They're they're definitely not perfect. They definitely continue to make mistakes, but it seems like not the same mistakes, which I guess there's at least some solace in that. Um, but I feel like they are on an upward path. Georgia, I feel like, came out of the gate, like, on fire, just killing it. Watching that team made me think, like, damn, Georgia is for real this year. And I feel like I have felt like that less and less um, as the season has gone on. So I would say almost maybe a downward trajectory. That doesn't mean that at any moment they couldn't completely flip back to that team that they were at the beginning of the year because they have the talent to do so. But if you look at those two paths as a Gator fan, you have to kind of like the path that Mullen has Florida on. Um, But I think you're right. I think either both teams are going to cause the other to make mistakes or, or make mistakes because they're both nervous and it's a big game and it's just, it's a rivalry or they're both going to play great, but either way, it's going to be close. Florida gets back um, Grenard, they get back Zaniga and they get back Tony. That's huge because Florida hasn't had all three of them since I think week three. Um, And after watching Auburn and you and I talked about this on my couch on Saturday, and I know you don't necessarily agree with me and neither does my husband, but after watching Auburn play LSU, I feel like Florida would have hung with LSU even more than they did, and maybe potentially won had they had Bernard and Zaniga. I think that watching Auburn's ends, who I don't think are as good as Florida's ends, be able to handle LSU a lot better than Florida did, I think that would have made a difference, and that kind of makes me excited for Georgia because we get them back. Yeah, and I'll say... I think that it may have helped Florida, but in the grand scheme, I, I don't know if it does, right? Like, I think they get pressure. I think that a couple of different things happen. But, like, LSU looked like there was no resistance in the secondary, out near the boundary. Um, I don't know. I have a hard time thinking it would have changed the outcome. Does it end up being a little bit closer? I mean, maybe, but it should have been a little bit closer anyway. Like, Florida should have had a touchdown there at the end uh, right. to make it a one-score game. There were two game. red zone trips where they walked away with zero points. That uh, There's zero reason for them to walk away with no points in the, in those situations. So just those things get hammered out, and it's a totally different ball game. But I don't know. And maybe it, maybe it 
it got their offense off the field a little bit faster a couple of times. You know, even if if we're talking about LSU just having one or two less possessions where they scored, that changes the outcome of the ball game. Sure. Yeah. Or or maybe yeah, LSU. You know, if you take away one of the possessions, and you know, there's nothing to say that the game would play out the way that it does. But if you take away one of their scoring drives, then LSU's driving at the end. And do they go drive for a winning touchdown? I mean, maybe, maybe not, you know? Um, So it would definitely be interesting. I I mean, you know, I know what you're wanting. It's a much better team with them healthy. And they haven't had that luxury in a long time. Well, I know what you're wanting more than anything in this world. And that's a rematch (laughs) in Atlanta. (laughs) Um, Will you get to go to that? Like, will you take four babies to that? <laughs> uh, probably no, because I would have given birth like nine days. Ten days before, before yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I'm going to say probably not. But um, nonetheless, I will be very, very excited about it. I mean, I I don't know about you. And I know that Alabama is good. And we talk all the time about how I never like to pick against Saban. I do think this is LSU's best chance to beat Alabama in probably a, I don't know, a decade. Um, I think that Alabama, especially if two is not back, which supposedly he's going to be back to practice this week. We'll have to see again, this is Sunday night. So we haven't uh, had their Monday morning press conferences. We don't know what the week will hold, but in theory, two is back. If two is not back, I, 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 I take LSU, I think. Yeah, I think it'd be very, very difficult to pick against Alabama. Although they didn't, I mean, it was Arkansas, but they really didn't look like they skipped a beat. Um, no, but I think Arkansas is the worst team in the SEC. So I don't, uh, I mean, if you skip a beat against them, then you really have concerns. And I, I, Alabama's too deep to have any real concerns. Yeah. So if Tua plays. I mean, we're both thinking Alabama, but even if Tua does play, I mean, coming off the injury, I, I think LSU is just really good. I think that game is going to be fantastic. Um, I mean, I think when was the last maybe, time we had a one versus two? Gosh, I don't know. A long time. Uh, I'm sure it's happened since then, but I remember when Ohio State and Michigan were one and two in 2006, and that was decided by a field goal, and that was when, uh, um, you know, Michigan, I guess, basically got left out of going to the BCS championship game against Ohio State because enough people didn't want to see a rematch. But it's probably happened since then. I don't I don't so, know. I just think this matchup is slightly different because LSU has an offense, and they never have an offense. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of points. Like, I think the over-under will be set at, like, you know, 58. You know, so you're looking at, like, a 28-28 game with, with somebody kicking a field goal to win. Um, right, this is degenerates out there. Games that we're used to from these two, for sure. Speaking of the last time number one played number two outside of the playoff or the BCS, uh, was Alabama LSU. It was the nine six game in overtime. Okay. Um, before that, it was Alabama, that was like Florida two thousand nine two thousand ten ish. That was eleven. Eleven. Okay. Um, I'm before close. before that, it was Alabama Florida. In 2009 and 2008, and the last regular season one was the Ohio State-Michigan in 2006 that you talked about. Right. So it doesn't happen often. Let me scroll back just a little bit. I want to see another one here, Florida-Florida State in 96, 21-24 final. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Florida State Notre Dame in '93. Florida State lost that game, but ended up winning the regular or the national championship. Yeah. And then '91, Florida State Miami, uh, wide right. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't all of them. That was just some of the ones involving the teams right. in the state. Um, although there aren't many more, and obviously you can right. tell there, there aren't very often. You know, happens typically at the end of the year, but not not through the middle of the year. So yeah, probably. I mean, without a doubt, the game of the year there. Um, so where does that take us? That takes us probably into, okay, the winner of that game. I mean, that's, that's nearly, I mean, I know that if, if Florida gets a rematch with LSU, things can get weird, but you know, LSU would be a, be a decent favorite, you know, on a neutral field, they'd probably be 10 points and Bama would probably be 13. So for what it is, that game is as close to a play-in game as, as you can get, right? Like, I know the SEC championship would be tough. We're seeing playoffs starting this week. Uh, this Georgia-Florida game is the first round of the playoffs. The, the winner of this game is going to represent the East more than likely, unless crazy things happen. Yeah. That Alabama-LSU game is a playoff game. I mean, a playoff game we more maybe get to see more than once. You know, th- Stranger things have happened. But we also can't forget about Alabama-Auburn at the end of the year. Auburn's good. Auburn has two losses because Florida and LSU are also very good, but Auburn's good. It'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see. And that's a rivalry game and you can kind of throw some things out the window when that happens. Yeah. Do you know where that one is? I don't, although I'm sure I could tell you very quickly. Um, And yeah, I mean, that makes the difference too. Uh, It's an, it's an odd, it's an odd year. So it's, it's in Auburn because I just remember okay. 13 was in Auburn. Um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, like I, I certainly wouldn't pick Alabama to lose it. But, I mean, weird things do happen. If they if they win against LSU and lose that one and then win the next week, they're still in, right? But if they lose to LSU and then – or beat LSU and then lose to Auburn, so then we have a three-way tie, right? No, and- Auburn would have two losses – Okay, so we have a two-way tie. So then the heads heads up so goes Alabama down. So would go, yeah. Okay. So, all right. So now that we're trying to figure all this out, who who are your four playoff teams right now? Well, uh, Oklahoma was in for my playoff last yeah. last week, and I honestly, I just didn't think that Oklahoma's schedule was tough enough for them to even really have a shot to lose. Once they handled Texas, I kind of felt like it was it was over. Which it's college football. I guess I should never feel like it's over. Um, but I mean, we uh, Ohio State and Bama and LSU, and then we're kind of going to have to see, right? I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a scenario where two Big Ten teams get in. Um, Notre Dame lost this week, so they're not somebody that we're looking at. I, I mean, Oregon lost to the fourth best team in the SEC. I don't know that I think that the Pac-12 is strong enough for them to get in with that loss, but maybe they are. I mean, um, that's, I think that's not a terrible, I, so I asked you about Oregon this weekend um, and your immediate reaction was no, right. but the more I, don't I think look Oregon's very good, honest to God, I don't think Oregon's very good. I don't, yeah, I don't think they're great either, but I think the scenario just, I mean, I just think they can get there. You know, I think that it'll be very telling 
what they do with the team that loses that one-two matchup, right? If right. Alabama wins that game by three points and LSU wins out, um, and then let's say Alabama beats Florida. Florida's out. Penn State's out. Um, does the one-loss LSU team stay in over the conference champion 12-1 and Oregon team? Yes, I think so. I think if that's your scenario, yes, LSU goes. If their only loss is Bama, especially if it's close when they played in a 1-2 matchup, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think that they are in, but I think, you know, something I actually wanted to talk to you about on here a little bit. And so this kind of plays well into this. I'm sorry. I didn't give you a heads up on this beforehand. <laughs> what type, yeah. What type of voter are you, if you're an AP voter, or let's say you're in, you're a, a playoff voter, because I feel like there's a couple different ways you can go. You can be a resume voter, or you can be an eye test voter, or you can be you know, uh, what I would consider myself, which is somebody in the middle of both of those things. Um, but I think that however the committee is made up, those things factor in. I, I think I, I think I'm somewhere in the middle, but I'm closer to the eye test than I am the resume for the reason of the resume changes every week. And so does the play on the field, but the resume changes every week. For example, Georgia was getting a, a lot of credit for playing Notre Dame tough, and then Notre Dame just got blown out by a, an, an average Michigan team. Um, right. Or what we thought was an average Michigan team. Yeah, so, I mean, I, mean, I, think, I, mean, I think Michigan's going to finish with three or four losses. So, I mean, I, th I think they'll be a bottom a – bottom, they, they have two right now, right? Two losses. Mm -hmm. But their losses are Penn State and Wisconsin, which at this moment – neither one of those are particularly bad losses. Let's say they beat Ohio state and I don't think they do, but let's say they beat Ohio state. Is that a, you know, middle of the pack Michigan team, or is that a pretty good Michigan team? I'd say they're above average. Like they finish around nine or 10. I mean, yeah. And I, I guess we're getting nitpicky there, right? Like calling a top 10 team above average, but I mean, right. they still, just absolutely got hammered by a Wisconsin team. They got hammered by a, by an Ohio state team. Um, oh, they got hammered by, I'm sorry. Yeah. So no, what was their, what was their final against? Um, did they not lose port really bad to Wisconsin as well? I think I thought Wisconsin killed them. Yeah. But. 35, 14. Um, okay. who then this week, Ohio state just killed. So, I mean, wow. I don't think Ohio state loses, to them anyway, but yeah, no, I, I think, I don't, you know, uh, but to answer your question, I think I'm more eye test, right? Like Florida, Florida's resume says they have a 14 point loss and didn't cover a spread in Baton Rouge, but I watched that game and I know that Florida was right in it and could have, could have won if one break goes the other way. Um, right. I've also seen Clemson's resume, which is not very impressive their best win is against AM, who's the sixth best team in, in the uh, conference. You know, they're they're not great. Uh, and that's Clemson's best win. But I mean, if you watch Clemson on the field these last couple of weeks, I, I don't care who the competition is. Like you can just kind of like watch, you know, how they're playing. So I don't know. I right. think it's a I think you've got to mix a little bit of both in, but I think, you know, 
it can't just all be about the resume because then I think when you get in a resume, I'm not a big fan of the like you talked about last week, the transitive property. I'm not a big fan right. of saying like, oh, this team beat this team by more. You asked me why Which by the way, Miami now moves ahead of UCF in terms of state rankings by beating Pitt, if we believe in the transitive properties. Miami's basically the national champions for doing that. I mean for sure. <laughs> um and then we can jump ahead of them this week, and, and then you guys and will jump Florida ahead beat of them, us. so they're actually world champions. But <laughs> world. If we can beat Florida, like we are, like the champions Universe of the galaxy. Champion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I totally got thrown off there, but <laughs> thank you very much for that. Now, um, I don't know. It's got to be a little bit of both, but I, I think you just yeah. really got to see kind of how the teams are playing, what it looks like. Like I said, the resume changes so much. Um, you asked me, and, and matchups are so important, right? Like you asked me, did, I, did you ask me on the air last week or off? Um, it all kind of runs together with how much you talk about football. But you asked me why Auburn was less of an underdog. Than, yeah, I think we talked about it off air. Yeah, Auburn you, was less of an underdog against LSU, which, by then, the way, Vegas always knows. Yeah, so they, they, they covered their spread, and they right. – played LSU tougher. And I think the reason for that was could have been the injuries that Florida had. But I think another reason for it was uh, LSU and Florida got into a shootout. Not that we necessarily expected that, but I think they expected Auburn's defense to really, which Auburn does have a great defense to hold LSU down and also knew that Auburn wasn't going to be scoring a ton either. So kind of expected to be lower scoring, didn't spread set the spread as high. And so matchups are important. I don't think Auburn played LSU any better than Florida did, but their win looks better if you're just looking at a resume, right? So that's why you can't go so heavy on the resume. Well, I mean, when I ask that, I'm meaning more like, okay, let's look at a one-loss Oregon team, and then let's look at, let's say there is a one-loss LSU team, and we're debating who gets in. And I get that conference champions carry a lot of weight, and I do think that they should. My issue with just um, automatically saying it should go to a conference champion is that I really feel like there's no parity between conferences. And so I I personally don't think you should get an easier path because you play in an easier conference. Um, I've, I, and I've, always, I've always believed that it should be the – four best teams, not the four most deserving right. teams. Because if right. it was the and four then, most deserving teams, then Oregon should absolutely get in at 12-1 and one for winning their conference. Right, and I, and I understand everybody says, you know, the argument, you should win your conference. But if your conference is easier to win, I personally, as a college football fan, want to see the four best teams. I don't care what conference they came out of. I honestly don't really care what their records are. I want the four best teams and uh, as you're right not the four most deserving but if you go ahead so was georgia a better team last year with with two losses than notre dame was with one yes yes georgia was a better team than notre dame was and i think i agree with that that said i think it has to be within some kind of reason like they would have never put a two loss georgia in over a a notre dame team I mean, but they had beaten Notre Dame, right? right? Like earlier in the year, but they still put Notre Dame in, and we got what we got. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Well, and I, I think that then those are some of the arguments that 
you look at with leaving out an Oregon team, that LSU team, does that LSU team have a one loss if they play Oregon's schedule? And the answer is no, because they beat Auburn. They're undefeated playing Oregon's schedule. So is there a scenario that exists where Oregon plays absolutely lights out, blows out the last four or five mediocre teams on their schedule? I mean, to finish the year, they have at USC this week. This That is an 8 o'clock game. Then against Arizona, Arizona State, and Oregon State. So four teams, that are, none of them are great. Is there a scenario that exists with, with Oregon just absolutely clobbering those teams and then LSU losing by 14 at Bryant-Denny and then not looking good down the stretch but still pulling out yeah. wins? Yeah, potentially. I mean, I, I, and that's where the eye test comes in too. I do think it depends on – if they lose, it depends on how they lose. If this is a, a three-point game and it happens in the fourth quarter, I can see the argument for a rematch. If they're dominated the whole game and let's say they score a touchdown at the end that's a garbage touchdown to make it a 14-point loss, then no, Oregon should get their shot. LSU got their shot. But I really do think it depends on how that game plays out. I think it depends on how Alabama-Auburn plays out. But I don't think there's anybody that watches LSU today and watches Oregon today and thinks Oregon's beating LSU. And that should matter. We should want to see the four best teams, the two best games we possibly can. I couldn't agree more. Like, I think it's the most, it's not the most deserving. It's just the best. Give me the four best teams and let's roll with it. Um, I think what also gets really tricky with the resume is, I mean, the eye test is subjective too. But what's tough with the resume is what are you – how are you um, judging it, right? Like what what matters more, best win or best loss? What matters more, uh, margin of victory or strength of schedule? What matters more, common opponents or something? You know, there's so right. many different things that you can really take into – of all of those things. And I'm at, listen, I'm an SEC elitist. We, we both know this. Oh, and so I, me, you, I, me, I, you and all the UCF fans know this. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I, so I tend to think that these battle tested teams that come out of some of these conferences and, you know, the last several years we've heard, Oh, the big 10 is just as good or the PAC 10 or the big 12 or the whatever. And I think that most of the time as the season goes on, it ends up with people going, damn, there are some really good SEC teams. And I think, I think currently Alabama, LSU, there's a little gap. Then there's Florida and Auburn and Georgia. Um, But I mean, when you're talking about five teams that I think can beat potentially anybody else in the country, I think Ohio state takes, you know, at least 50%, if not more against that group of five. But in general, I take those teams over pretty much anybody else that's a pretty dominant conference. And so I I tend to lean towards teams that come out battle tested, even if their record is not as good as being a a better football team. Yeah, no, I, I think so for sure. So your, your four right now are, are you sticking with Alabama LSU? Like, are you predicting that's going to be so close that they sneak in? Yeah, I do. I think, I think it's Alabama and LSU and Ohio state. And I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm up in the air there of, of who that fourth team is going to be. I, I mean, I think Oklahoma is in a, a similar I mean, situation. 
Do you have Clemson? I mean, you think Clemson? Oh yeah, goes. oh yeah, Clemson's my fourth. Yeah, that's gosh, totally forgetting about Clemson. And Clemson talk about ACC, ACC hate right? from somebody that's SEC bias. Gosh, and it was actually a complete accident. No, I think <laughs> I, I think Clemson runs the table, and I think that they, when you run the table in a Power Five conference, you belong in the playoffs, even if your resume maybe doesn't include enough victories against top 10 teams. They can't predict how their schedule is going to play out. They can only play the games on their schedule. So you win, you know, you win out with an ACC schedule, you go. So Clemson's my, my other team there. But I think that you look at Oklahoma and Oregon and those two teams are in the same boat, in my opinion. I don't think that their, their resume is strong enough to overcome a loss unless some other crazy things happen to help them. Okay, and then the one thing that I'll ask you on that is does everything we're saying about LSU losing close to Bama then apply for Bama losing close to LSU even though that's a home game? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it doesn't really matter who loses close. I think it gets hairy if, like, let's say let's say Florida beats Georgia and LSU beats Alabama and it's close like very close and LSU and Florida play again in the SEC championship game and Florida wins. And it's really close. At that point, you're talking about three teams who have all beaten each other in very close games and are all potentially still top five teams. What do you do with that scenario? And, and let's say Ohio state ran the table and Clemson ran the table. So you're only looking at two, right? So does that mean that Alabama gets in because they stayed home and so their loss was earlier than LSU's? I mean, that's where I think if you're looking at resumes, I think LSU's resume is better than Bama's, but I think head-to-head means a lot. I think Alabama's resume, although they will have played, obviously, Auburn and LSU by the end of the year, I still think that they, um, you know, it's it's not as strong as it is some years. Yeah, so I think LSU's resume would be stronger, but I mean, I think head to head means a lot. You know, you you can't if two teams line up and go at it. You know, so but at that point, Florida and Alabama would not have played. Florida and LSU would have played twice and split the difference, and LSU would have beaten Alabama closely. So, I I mean, mean, Florida's in. I mean, Florida's in because of if you if you win conference, Florida's in. Right, and LSU's out. Because they you think LSU's out. So let's who had, say who had won the Alabama LSU game? I said in this hypothetical LSU close. Yeah, I just think that. I, I mean, think remember, when, unfortunately, I think when you lose matters. You know, remember the year that Georgia didn't make it to the SEC championship and stayed home, and Florida went as the sacrificial lamb. So then Georgia went to they got or in. maybe Missouri is who went as the sacrificial lamb. But either way, Georgia backed into it not even playing in the conference championship. Right. So, I mean, um, theoretically, Alabama could do that as well, especially if Auburn, you know, if they beat Auburn uh, yeah. handily and look good there. And if Auburn's only losses are Alabama, LSU, and Florida, that matters as well too, I feel like. Yeah, I think Auburn has to play Georgia coming up in a couple of weeks, so that'll they be a do. tough one for them as well. So. Um Man, Georgia's got a tough road to get back there. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I know they're favored against Florida this week, and, and 
you know, I think that game could go either way. But yeah. Georgia really needs to beat Florida this week. Then also has to beat Auburn. Then also has to win the SEC champion. Like, I think mm-hmm. Georgia's got a tougher road than anybody. Is, you know, it's difficult. I mean, I think that Florida's path was difficult, but they're through the more difficult. I mean, they have Georgia, obviously, which is difficult, but they've already played Auburn and LSU, so they're they're. This is the end of the meat of the regular season schedule. Yeah, I mean, Florida wins this. I mean, I don't even think Missouri is is you know. I mean, I know you're not looking ahead to from Georgia to Missouri, but Missouri was kind of a game at the beginning of the year that you're kind of like, uh, we always struggle with them. <laughs> Kelly Bryant. Florida tough, yeah. Yeah, I don't feel like that as much having watched them in recent. Yeah, weeks. they just don't look as good. Um, and so I think this is it. You know, Florida yeah. wins this one, and you know, you, probably you don't go to the think SEC they can title. coast, but yeah, they probably win their last three games, and it's all kind of over. So. Anyway, um, we watched the Miami game together uh, at Bay Cannon. Uh, just to kind we of did. touch on that really quickly. So, uh, we'll, I guess we talked a little bit about the Miami FSU game, but Miami uh, led for most of the game. Pitt took the lead in the fourth quarter, uh, finally was able to get the ball in the end zone, couldn't hold on to it. Miami scores uh, with, what, 30 seconds left to go to, to win the game. Um, who who do you have like what is your preview what is your prediction like who do you have both teams coming off wins in the Miami FSU game um i think i think that florida state wins however i think that miami's defense is better than they have been playing and so if they show up that can definitely give florida state problems especially given the fact that i feel like they're so prone to mistakes and just, you know, watching Florida state's offense sometimes is a comedy of errors. And I feel like I can say that as a Gator fan, because uh, like we had our own butt fumbles a few years ago. I, I bad recognizes bad. Um, but I think that Florida state wins. I, and I think that Florida state needs that win as we talked about before, but you know, Miami's, no, they're they're calling for Manny Diaz too. When you have your former players coming out publicly saying that it's time to move on, it's not a good place to be in, especially year one. Yeah, I said this last week, and I'll say it again. The only thing that makes me feel better about FSU is just how bad it is at Miami. Um, I don't necessarily think Diaz gets it turned around, uh, but I, they I can't. think you get more than one year. You should get yeah. more than one year. It's a different situation oh. than Florida State because this is literally year one. And that is who do you get to coach your program? If any coach out there can see that you are going to give them less than one season to fix. Whatever I don't know. Problem. And that's, and that's the best to me. That's the best part is that Florida state can theoretically get out of it at the end of this year right. or next year. Miami's got another year or two of this, you know, right. and, and sure they, he could turn it around, you know, who knows. But it just doesn't really look like it. It doesn't you know. look like it's in that direction. Um, Which did you happen to see the article? <laughs> I retweeted it. I don't know if you saw it, but it was on one of the Miami fan sites, and it was saying why Miami should stay far away from Urban Meyer, as though Urban Meyer would entertain coming to Coral Gables. Yeah, and I, you know, I didn't give the article a click, which I know that that's why that headline and picture right. of urban myers is being used because they wanted people to click on it um i know how 
journalism in 2019 works. Right. Um, but, I mean, this is the same reason that they were linking Urban Meyer to Florida State yeah. last week. It gets clicks. I get it. So, right. you know, but I Which, don't even understand the, the record, did you Did you neither of those jobs. Uh, no, I didn't click on the article. The headline was enough for me. So, no, I, just, I didn't read it. <laughs> why would you, like, what take could you possibly have? to say that your program that has been absolutely mediocre for the last two decades should avoid a top five college football coach if you're considering active coaches right now. If Florida State or Miami were on Urban Meyer's radar at all, they should crawl on their hands and knees to make him their head coach. That being said, there's not a single chance in hell he entertains either one of those programs. I think if he were to ever coach college football again, it's USC or Notre Dame. Those would be that would be it in my in my mind. But please, let's I, not pretend I just that don't, one of those programs. I just don't understand why, as a Miami fan or journalist or wh- whoever wrote that, why you would say we should avoid Urban Meyer. I just, I I don't, it's like saying like, yeah, you know, I really don't want to date Heidi Klum. Well, great. Cause she doesn't want to date you either. Yeah. I really am going to have to distance myself from Carrie Underwood right now. Like I just, this is too much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It'll work out better for me if I'm, if I'm not there. So you've got Florida State. I've got Florida State winning too. We talked about this line opened up at six and a half. Um, It's gotten bet down a little bit, but you know, I I kind of think the same thing. Like, I just think that I think the first person that gets a twenty four is going to win this game. Yeah. Um. I I expect that to be Florida State. Miami has really struggled in just like kind of quitting. And and last year, Florida State was up twenty seven to seven, and had two turnovers inside of their own red zone. Like right, like so backed up. And Miami was able to score on both of them and come back and win 28-27. Florida State turns teams over pretty poorly this year, but they also turn the ball over not very often. I mean, the passes aren't accurate accurate enough to be close to any defenders. (laughs) And and Cam had the fumble against Wake, but he's pretty reliable too. So we're not turning the ball over much, uh, you know. That's kind of what Miami lives off of. That's really the sure. reason they were in that pit game. And That's so the Florida game. Yeah. And so and they weren't even forcing some of those. Like Florida was literally just no, giving did some it of those away. Like, yeah. So I don't know. I think the game will be low scoring. I think that, you know, Miami's defense will play well. I think that Miami's offense just isn't very good. Um right. it's kinda like Florida State. People really thought thought think that they turned some kind of a corner defensively last week and Syracuse is the 93rd ranked offense in the country. So, you know, holding them down isn't really that impressive. Um, but yeah, I think Florida State wins. I, I could see Florida State winning anywhere from, you know, three or four points to, you know, I wouldn't think it gets much larger than like 10 or 13 if we can get yeah, some kind of a garbage time. Um, I, I mean, I think it's about seven. My only hesitation on this game at all is that both of these teams are so schizophrenic that 
it's, I, I mean, if you see the first half against Boise, Florida State team, like watching that game, I remember thinking like, damn, they are headed in the right direction. And then the train wreck that happened the second half, it just, it was literally like watching two different teams on the field. And so I think that's the hardest part about predicting this game for me is because we literally don't know who is going to show up. But I would like to think if we're seeing what we've been seeing the last few weeks, Florida State should win. But I think you're right. I think it's low scoring. So, what, two and a half, three hours away to the east? What's your prediction there? I mean, I think, you know, I know you've got you up winning, but what do you kind of see going down in that one? Um, so Georgia has given up 20 points, I think only one time this season. Um, Florida has scored at least 24, I think, every game but one. So I, I, that's, the, that's kind of the number to watch, I think, in, in my mind. If Florida can get to 24 points, I think they win. Um, I, I do think it's a, it's a relatively close ball game. I would love a Florida blowout. I don't think that's happening. <laughs> I think there's a chance it's 27-24, um, something ar- around in there. I, I can't picture either team winning by more than seven. The only way that happens is if Florida turns the ball over multiple times and Georgia capitalizes. If it's a, if it's a big spread, I think it's because Georgia beats Florida. Um, but uh, I, I think you're looking... 27, 28 to 24, something like around in there. How you've watched more than I have. Um, is UGA's defense really, really good? Like, is that how they've, I mean, you just talked um, about, or have they played kind of bad offenses like South Carolina, Kentucky, I, I Notre Dame? They played bad offenses, but I also think that their, their offense is so good at sustained drives that part of what they're doing is keeping the other team off the field. Um, and that that's helping. I think that that's something they're going to look to do against Florida. I think they're going to look for, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're going to try to establish a running game. They're going to try and keep their offense on the field because I don't think that their defense is actually that good. I think that Florida getting Kadarius Tony back is huge. He can line up basically anywhere on the field. Um, so, I, you know, I think that that will help. I think it'll be interesting to see how Fromm does against Zaniga and Grenard, getting them back is huge. And I, I don't know um, that Fromm is as good as we thought he was going to be going into the season. I don't know that they've been that consistent. Um, so I don't know. He has he had three interceptions and I think 300 yards total in the last two games, Fromm has, which is kind of crazy. Now, the South Carolina game, if I remember correctly, the weather was insane. So you got to factor that in a little bit, but you've got to think that Georgia wants him to come out and be comfortable. And so that pass rush for Florida will be, I think, key. But Georgia has a great running game, and so and Florida has a terrible run defense. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting. I think keeping Georgia's drives shorter are, is is the key for Florida. They they cannot play defense like they played against LSU and win. Which team out of the four that we've talked about, Florida State, Miami, uh, Florida, Georgia, which team has the highest chance of blowing out the opponent? I think it's got to be Georgia, and that's because they have the most talent on their team. I was really just hoping to set you up there and have you say Florida State, but um, it, it didn't work. Hey, another setup. It looks like 
uh, college game day is not going to Jacksonville. I, the SEC show is. Um, so that's you know pretty clear. I mean, they, they typically always just go for the best matchup. But uh, it'll come out tomorrow morning after this drops that, that they are going to Jacksonville. But everything looks like they're going to Memphis at, right. as of now. So if they do end up going to Memphis, let, let me give us a little out here. Uh, are you okay with that? Does that kind of annoy you as a Gator fan? Um, it annoys me and I see the logic at the same time, if that makes sense. Florida's been game day three times already. I don't know that you get to count Florida Miami because it was the only game in the country. So it's not like they were going anywhere else. Um, but they were there back to back weeks for Auburn and LSU. I think it factors in that they're going to go to, um, Alabama LSU the next week when it's one versus two, there's a big push for them to go to Minnesota that week because Minnesota is undefeated. And I believe Penn state comes to town. So it'll be two, eight, no teams, but there's 0% chance they go to Minnesota over going to LSU and Alabama, which is going to be that eight o'clock night one versus two, which we talked about doesn't happen very often. So I think the combination of Florida already having it three times and them going next week. And, you know, they just, it, Florida had it back to back weeks that those all kind of factor in. I just, I mean, Memphis almost lost this week. I don't know if you watched, uh, I, they, uh, it was a missed field goal at the very, uh, at the very end, which by the way, my husband called kicker lines up. Was it, was it Tulane? Who was Memphis playing? Uh, that sounds that right. Not because I watched it just cause I read the tweet. Okay. Well, put, so kicker it, it lines was, up. It was Tulsa. I'm sorry. Tulsa. That's who it was. It wasn't Tulane. It was Tulsa. Kicker lines up. It's a chip shot field goal. Eric's like, he's going to miss this. And I was like, what? He's like, he's lined up too straight. He's going to miss this. Just watch. He'll he'll hook it. So kicks the ball, hooks it left, doesn't go in. It's so annoying to be married to somebody that can predict that every single time. And it's just (laughs) because he was a punter. But I cannot tell you that probably happens every week in this house. And but if that field goal goes in, that chip shot goes in, Tulsa wins. We're not even having this conversation. And they have to go there. Like they have to yeah. go to Florida, Georgia. I yeah, mean, they have to go to Florida, Georgia. And they were at Florida, Georgia last year, which maybe that factors into. I don't know. Um, they went to Clemson, Florida State like four years in a row. So like I don't know. I, I think I you should go to the best game. Best yeah, I mean it's the only top ten matchup of the weekend. So in my opinion, that's where you go. But does it bother me? I mean, no. It's it is what it is. They've had it three times. I think Florida's had it more. We talked about this off air. I'm pretty sure Florida has more game day appearances than any other college um, in the country in the history of game day. So, do you, I mean, do you like game day? Like, do you do you ever go? Do you watch it on um, TV? I, what, what I watch it every Saturday religiously. Sit on the couch. I cannot tell you the last Saturday that I didn't cry watching game day. I do love watching game day. My kids know the words to the you know, song, the opening credits and stuff. Um, I think it's cool. I do. I think it's really cool. I have flipped back and forth a little bit to watch Urban Meyer. Um, I think Meyer does a really good job explaining really complicated um, uh, things about football to the average viewer in a way that they understand it, which I think is great. I don't think that's something that game day really does. Um, They're not breaking down film for you, but I love the sob story that happens every week. I, I, I mean, I just... I think there's some good stuff. I can still laugh at, you know, Manti Teo and some of the crazy stories we've gotten out of 
college game day over the years, but I think it's fun. I think it's cool. In college, I, I went when it was in Gainesville, which it was in Gainesville a lot when I was in college because we won a lot. Um, <laughs> just rub that in there a little bit. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I wouldn't go now. I mean, if, if, if I, when I was in Florida, Georgia last, last year, I didn't go to the college game day set. I sat at a tailgate and drank bourbon, but I appreciate that they're there somewhere. Yeah, so I've I've been to game day a few times. I don't often watch it just because I've kind of really started to enjoy international soccer. And so I'd rather watch live sports than four guys sit and talk about sports. I do like Corso's picks. Like, everybody likes that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, like, they always have the one sob story. And I usually catch that on Twitter because ESPN tweets out a video of it. So I don't watch right. game day a ton anymore. But it's still always cool when your team gets it, right? Like... For sure. it's, it's it seems fun. like now every time that there's a game day, there's like a if it's at one of our three schools, there's always a big three roll up sign there. Um, there's yeah. always something like funny that one of our fans I does. I love the signs. I think yeah. the posters so, are so cool. I like the betting segment that they've incorporated the last two seasons. I think that that's interesting. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm a stats girl. I I read everything I can possibly read about any and every team. I study this stuff. I, I, I really do enjoy learning about it. And I do think that you can learn a lot about college football watching it. Um, although again, I think you'll learn more if you watch Fox than if you watch, um, the ESPN stuff, but I I mean, I don't know. I think it's neat. I think it's cool. I, it's a nice little, uh, up to the rest of the day. Yeah, again, before before I kind of got into soccer, like it was always just you just wake up and you start watching it because it's almost football. <laughs> like right. it's it's right. close enough. Um, I've been to game. How many how many different places have you, I've been to game day? I'm trying to think. I want to say I've been to game day in four different places. I went in Dallas when we played Oklahoma State. Um, obviously, Tallahassee. I've been in Clemson. Um, oh, I take that back. I, the Alabama LSU game and in Pasadena. So I guess five places. So I've been a lot in Gainesville. I've been in Baton Rouge. I've been in Tuscaloosa. Um, I've been in Arizona um, when it was in the 2006 National Championship game. I've been yeah. to it in Atlanta for the oh, SEC yeah. Championship game. Yeah, Atlanta to uh-huh. add that. I'm trying to think. I've probably been to it in Tallahassee. I'll have to look back and see if it was in Tallahassee during the time when I, you know, was going to every single game. We weren't uh, very good like, though, so it might not have been. Yeah, the, I think so. So Eric played for Florida from '03 to '06, and I think Florida State won one of those times. And I want to say it was our sophomore year, and that was when. There was those terrible calls. So, um, so we won in 03. Like that was the risk okay, to so Sam Okay, so it was freshman year. So it was our freshman year. It was it was really cold. Really, really cold in Gainesville. Like un, uh, uh, unseasonably cold. Um, and there were some really bad calls in that game. And I think that's that's his only loss to Florida State. Um, and then they won the rest of the way out. So maybe I haven't seen it in Tallahassee. Yeah, I don't think we ever would have gotten it. I'm looking now. Yeah, we never got it after that. Okay. Um, I actually, you know what? I've seen it in Knoxville too, um, Florida, Tennessee, I believe. 
Oh, man. All right. Now that everybody knows where we've seen game day. Oh. <laughs> Probably doesn't care. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. So tweet us where you've seen game day. I mean, we don't really care about that either, but since you had to listen to us. We'll uh, listen to you. Did um, you get interesting tweets? You did tweet out asking if anybody had anything to say. Um, I will in terms of uh, all of our people that follow us on Twitter. UCF beat Temple 63-21, and that is a really impressive score of our Temple team that was 5-2. and two, Not a bad team at all. So I like to give credit where credit is due. It's a lot of points. Um, this fan wants to know why UF fans are so uptight about, it, about their team being mentioned first in the name of the game. For what? Florida, Georgia? Mm-hmm. Well, one, it's the name of the game. Two, F comes before G, so alphabetically it would be Florida, Georgia. Three, it happens in the state of Florida. Four, the last 27 years, Florida's won 21 of six. So there's four reasons for you. Would you, have we talked about this on or off air, would you be okay with them doing a rotation, uh, playing this in Athens and Gatesville and then Jacksonville Um, twice? It's not my favorite. I would get over it. I've never been to a game in Athens. Um, They have played... I want to say it was like maybe 15 years ago, 12 years ago when the stadium was under construction, they did do a home and home in Gainesville and Athens. I want to say maybe I was in high school. I was, it wasn't when I was in college. So um, I just think there's something special about it being in Jacksonville. There's something about being in that stadium where you're sweating your butt off the first half, you're freezing the second half. You look at the stadium and it is literally divided exactly in half. Um, the tailgating is just something special too. I mean, there, I know that Georgia wants to, you know, say things about how it's really a home game for Florida because it's close, uh, to Gainesville, but it's 50, 50 in terms of tickets inside the stadium. So I don't think location makes a difference at all. I think it's a really cool experience for the students. So my preference is that it stays in Jacksonville and it, and it doesn't rotate. I wouldn't hate the idea. I just think Part of what makes the rivalry special is the location. Yeah, I feel like it'd be cool to do, like I saw a proposal where they do Gainesville one year, then Jacksonville, then Athens, then Jacksonville. And then you just right. kind of do that four-year rotation. Well, or, or if they, or if they the just argument. scheduled off, even if they didn't do that four-year rotation all the time, like if they just like every 10 years – there's just know, one went off. To, went I to mean, Gainesville and went, you know, so like you play eight in Jacksonville, one in Athens, one in, in uh, the swamp. I think if you do it, you do it in a way so that every player has an opportunity to play in both um, Athens and Gainesville and then also play in Jacksonville. Otherwise, I, I don't know that you do it, but I just, I don't know. I think what makes the rivalry special, what makes the series special is where it is. Um, I think otherwise it's just Florida, Tennessee or Florida, LSU or, you know, whatever else. The world's largest outdoor cocktail party has a title because it's something different. Any suggestions for me this weekend? Go into it for the first time. <laughs> Pace yourself. <laughs> um, and wear layers because it is the, it, uh, that stadium is the windiest stadium in the country. So it is cold when you're sitting, even though, you know, it's going right to be on the water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so even if it's 80 degrees when you're going in at kickoff, it's probably 68 by the time the game is over, but it's windy. So yeah. I looked cold. up the, we offer so much more than just terrible football takes. Um, the high is 
74 and the low is 57. So it should okay, be so cool. Okay, so that would be one of the colder ones. Then. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely wear layers. I, you know, again, pace yourself. The good news is you can buy booze in the stadium. Um, so that should help with the pacing. Not that I would uh, partake in any of that, but. You know. And I would, I mean, take it in. I, they're just, there's so many cool things to see. I think it's awesome to walk over to RV city and see these RVs that'll be there starting on Thursday with their little, you know, their setup. If you walk over to the river, you'll see all the boats that are there tailgating. Lot J is where we always have a pass and, and set up. And that's right outside the stadium. You'll see the buses come in and drop the players off, which is a neat thing to see, but it just, it is kind of part carnival, um, part tailgate, part concert. It just, it's, it's a different experience. I'll be interested to see what you think, especially since you don't root for either team. Um, but I, it's one of my favorite game day experiences. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, it has been very, very cool to, I don't know, at the end of the day, kind of like you, like, right. Like if you said, if, if you and your girls were, um, in Tallahassee or in a city that that game was being played, like you would go. And so I think it's really cool just as a college football fan in general to be able to go to like really neat experiences. I've seen Florida play Florida State both in the swamp and in Tallahassee. I've seen the same for Miami, uh, both in Tallahassee and in uh, Miami. Um, I've seen a game at the Rose Bowl. I went to Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Notre Dame. I've gotten to see like really cool stuff like Florida play Auburn and Florida play Tennessee. And, you know, the, the cocktail party is just another thing on top of it's that. It's a bucket you know? list or should be a bucket list game for any college football fan. And it's the same. Like, I want to see a whiteout in, at Penn State. I want to go to an Ohio State Michigan game. I want to see Notre Dame play. At, you know, they're just, there are. Uh, some I, I need to get out to the Rose Bowl. There's just there's some places and venues and experiences that I think if you're a huge college football fan that you ought to try and have, even if it's not your team in it. And yeah, this is one and, of- and going to games where your team doesn't play, like I've said this so many times, <laughs> really not stressful, right? It's so relaxing. Like I went to that that Alabama LSU game. I mean, just the best tailgate, like food and drink that you can imagine. And we sat in the end zone and everybody is just freaking out. My buddies that are all Alabama fans are just going nuts. Um, obviously that everybody that's an LSU fan is so nervous because Alabama is the best team in the country. And I was just sitting there like, none of this matters. I don't care. This is fantastic. Um, so yeah, if you can go to a game where your team's not playing and not just like a crappy game like UCF against somebody they play, but uh, an actual I, good football game, um, you should go do it because yeah. it's a lot of fun. I think this is one of those. And there's a lot, a lot, a lot of history this game's been played. I want to say Florida says 1906 and Georgia says 1904 or something like that. Um, it's had stretches where it's gone back and forth. We're in this stretch where Florida has dominated. But the last two years, Georgia has. They're just, I mean, you think about in 2000 and I want to say – I don't know, 2011-ish, maybe a little before that, when, uh, actually it was before that because Urban Meyer was still there, Georgia dances on the field to celebrate. So then the next year, Urban Meyer burns all three timeouts at the very, very end of the game because he wants Georgia to have to keep looking at the scoreboard. Like, they're just, there's so much 
history. Our defensive coordinator, Todd Grantham, used to be the defensive coordinator at Georgia. And um, there was a point in time where Chaz Henry, who was the punter after Eric, um, had to kick a field goal because Caleb Sturgis was hurt. And it was to win the game. And Todd Grantham was running out on the field doing a throat slashing uh, motion towards Chaz Henry. Chaz Henry nails the field goal. Florida wins. Um, this is when, you know, we had one of our quarterbacks that we picked up off the side of the road. So not a game we were supposed to <laughs> win at all. There just is so much history there that it's so fun. Yeah. Well, I can't wait for it. Um, hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully Florida State wins too. Um, and That's going to be the most stressful part for you is figuring out how to watch both. Yeah, because nobody around there is going to have that on. So I may just take my own TV up there and, and people do that, will. So. Tailgates will have multiple TVs with with games on. So if you stayed in the parking lot, you could find somewhere to watch it. So we'll see. I mean, that's the thing. I, I don't know if I'm staying in the parking lot. If I'm going in, what kind of you what's happening? But I mean, uh, I, I mean, prefer to go in. You know, I can always watch Florida State disappoint me later. So. Um, I can text you updates if that makes you feel better. If how do they have Wi-Fi in there? I know that the US Wi-Fi is pretty it's good. Not, now keep in mind it's an NFL stadium, so a lot of the stuff. Oh, there's a set. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, they'll have they'll have Wi-Fi, and like I said, they do a really good job updating scores and stuff um, uh, on the jumbotrons in there. So you'll you'll know, and please, your phone will be blowing up if you're losing because it'll be me. <laughs> so, likewise, so <laughs> you'll know. Don't worry. <laughs> Well, good stuff. Well, I think that's all I've got for today. You have anything else? No, I mean we we all you know we always have these big grandiose plans to talk about all these other things, but it, when it comes down to it, we both like to talk about the schools that we love um, and these programs here. And I, you know, we're both in two very different positions right now, Florida and Florida State, but that kind of lends itself to the title, right? Yeah. So when uh, what do we've got about four weeks left after this? Uh, our time will open up a ton and we'll, we'll talk about mm-hmm. other stuff. So <laughs> we do know about other sports and we will, we will discuss them. There's just nothing like college football. Yeah. Like, uh, I, so what I will say is, are you watching the world series at all? Like, do you care? <laughs> um, do I care? Nah, I care because it's the world series, not because I care about the teams in it. Um, you know, the razor in it, I, I'm all in, you know, but I just, I, it's, there can't be a championship in any sport on that. I don't watch. I mean, I watch college softball at the end. Um, so yeah, I'm watching. I don't have a, I don't have a horse in, in the race though. It's so going to be kind of cool to see if Houston can come all the way back after being down Oh two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I care because it's a championship, but it's like hockey is too or like it just started, the NBA just started. Like it's hard to get into those things. Yeah, you know, like killing me in the playoffs last year. I'm not. I'm not oh. prepared hockey to start over because of the broken heart from last year. Yeah, and they're not just like the Lightning just aren't reeling off victories either. You know, like they right. kind of started slow, and so it's like, well, good. I didn't want to start quickly with you guys anyway. So right. um, I'm not ready to like you again. But one day we'll get to other things. Um, yeah. But for now. I guess we'll we'll stay on Florida State and Florida and, and a little bit of college football. So, well, cool. We'll do it again next week. We appreciate everybody listening, tuning in. If you have any questions, tweet them at us. And uh, thanks for hanging out tonight. <laughs>